Hello, everyone, and welcome to Two Dudes Doing Trivia. I'm Oda Tuttle. And I'm Bonesaw. This week, we've got, back to our tried and true, 15 rapid-fire questions of no category, of no theme, just 15 trivia questions to ask each other. And I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I lost last week, but who's keeping track? So I think this week, maybe (laughs) I'll ask the questions first so I know what I'm up against. Absolutely. I love to hear it. I love any of the formats, honestly. And uh, just hit me with those rapid fires. Alrighty. So with 15 questions, I think we do two and a half minutes, if I'm not mistaken. That'll work for me. I will put that on the clock. And I am now set to read you the questions. I am ready to receive the questions. In three, two, one, go. What is the actor who was born Carlos Estevez, more commonly known as? Giancarlo Esposito. Charlie Sheen. Hmm. In anatomy and medicine, the prefix rhino means pertaining to what part of the body? Nose. Correct. What pop star, who at time of recording appears twice on the Billboard Hot 100, was named this month as an honorary ambassador of Kosovo, where her parents are from? Oh, um, Dua Lipa? Correct. In 2015, what dog was named by the American Humane Society as Hollywood's top dog star of all time? Lassie? Correct. What 19th century composer is known as the father of American music, responsible for the classic parlor tunes Oh Susanna and Camp Town Races, among many others? Uh, you said 19th century? Yep. Uh, Sousa? Stephen Foster. By area, what is the most widely planted winemaking grape in the world, with over 700,000 acres of vineyards? Uh, Pinot Grigio? Cab Sav. Hmm. Who was the host of CBC's radio show Q until his dismissal in 2014 from allegations of sexual misconduct? Uh, what's that guy? Gameshi? Correct. What American celebrity chef is associated with the catchphrases, kick it up a notch, and bam! Um, Emeril Lagasse? Correct. <laughs> Graham Chapman, Terry Gilliam, and John Cleese were among the comedians in what British troupe? Monty Python? Correct. While he spent his first seven years in Pittsburgh, Barry Bonds slugged the bulk of his homers with what team from 1994 through 2007? Uh, Cincinnati Reds. San Francisco Giants. What English explorer who appeared in June, ni- June who disappeared in June 1611 explored much of eastern Canada in his ship The Half Moon? Uh, Walter Raleigh. Henry Hudson. Oh. Michael J. Fox played the deputy mayor of New York City for the first four seasons in what sitcom? Pass. Spin City. Oh. From 1974 to 1990, who was the president and de facto dictator of Chile? Oh, shoot. Uh, Pinochet. Correct. What vegetable is required in a dish labeled Florentine? Uh, spinach. Correct. In the tech world, what does IBM stand for? International Business Management. International Business Machines. And that finishes your questions right at the two and a half minute mark. I had to speed it up toward the end there, I realized. (laughs) Okay, let me just do a quick tally on those ones. All right, Oda Tettle, your tally is in. Eight out of 15 correct this week. How are you feeling about that? 
I'm always happy to get very close to 50%. I would have settled for a 7 out of 15. 8 out of 15 is just one more than that. So yeah, can't, be, can't be bad, right? Yeah, it's actually, it's more like 8 and 2 thirds out of 15 because you almost had international <laughs> business machines. For, for the record, I did just try to uh, make that up, right? I tried to just suss out what it might be and just go for something. So 2 for, two thirds that, uh, not so bad. Yeah, that's pretty good, actually. <laughs> Um, so I just learned this fact recently, um, Dua Lipa, she's now an honorary ambassador of Kosovo for, I think for the EU maybe, or for the UN, I'm not sure exactly what her official, official, unofficial honorary title is, but I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I didn't even know she was Kosovoan, Kosovan. I don't know. I don't know what the demonym is. I also don't know the demonym, but I also, uh, did not know anything. She, I did not know she had any relation to Kosovo at all. I thought she was Albanian. Yeah, well, I also learned that Dua Lipa is not a stage name. That is her full real name. That's her name. That's and right. <laughs> it's very interesting. Uh, a little surprise you didn't know Charlie Sheen was Carlos Estevez. He's um, Emilio Estevez's brother. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, That just makes sense. Sorry. Just couldn't figure that out in the time pressure. Yeah. Well, it was your first question, so I don't know if I'm going to let you get away with that excuse. <laughs> <laughs> um. So a dish like eggs florentine or something like that it has spinach in it do you know where that comes from i mean i would say florence something has to do with florence but other than that no it clue does have to do with florence so the heir apparent to the french throne in the 1500s um was married to a woman named catherine and she had her cooks make almost all of her dishes uh, with spinach and it became so popular, they just called those dishes like, oh, in the style of Florence or a la Florentine. What was Catherine's last name if it was in the 1500s and it was relating to Florence? Not sure. Catherine de Medici. The Medici's come up oh, again in our trivia. God. They just We just can't catch a break from them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess they just completely dominated that period of history, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, Barry Bonds kind of famously is a San Francisco giant. He played for the same team as the very famous Willie Mays, and Willie Mays is actually Barry Bonds's godfather. What? Yeah, a lot of baseball talent. Wait, in that Willie circle. Willie Mays of OxyClean fame? Uh, that's Billy Mays. <laughs> but excellent putting that together. Yeah, no, uh, Willie Mays, very famous center fielder, the Say Hey yes. Kid, they called yeah. him say hey is that why like because he was always saying hey uh yeah that's probably it i think there's like a say hey willie mays was a one of the announcers common calls okay that's pretty cool um yeah and i guess lastly uh were you a fan of emerald lagasse absolutely he's he was a first generation type of uh like entertaining uh teach people how to cook at home uh, i think it was called emerald live watched yeah. it basically every day and i think i was always imagining being one of those people who got to sit up at the table and actually eat the food that was like a big thing for me as a kid and never happened probably will never happen but that's fine i'm I'm, i live with it every day but you know what we're making progress every day is a bit of a struggle but (laughs) yeah uh, we really loved uh, emerald live in our house he had a whole bunch of different tv shows actually one was called the essence of emerald there was emerald live he was probably on like seven different cooking shows but for me he was like one of the pioneers of making cooking television popular. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I said, like first generation kind of like, I think he and maybe after him or maybe at the same time, Bobby Flay yeah. became like popular. And it was just like these OGs, these titans of industry. They're just awesome. Yeah, I mean, I really liked Iron Chef growing up too. It was like one of my favorite shows. 
I think I could, if I was pressed, I could probably name all the Iron Chefs, but we could do that. The Japanese or the Americans? The Japanese, obviously. Oh my gosh, I I, I can just name Masaharu Morimoto. That's all I remember. Yeah, Iron Chef Japanese. (laughs) Iron Chef Chinese was Chen Kenichi. Iron Chef Italian was uh, Masahiko Kobe. And then Iron Chef French... Hiroyuki Sakai. I <laughs> got them all. Okay, so you you, it was, you didn't even need to be pressed. You can just do it on a dime. So you're just so wonderful. That's great. I haven't even thought about that in like many years. Oh, I'm so glad it came up. Uh, all right. I am ready to attempt to get eight or more. Excellent. So I have, just like you, 15 questions in a variety of categories. Um, pretty excited by it. Hopefully you get at least seven and no more than eight. I think that's an ideal circumstance, but (laughs) if you get more, obviously I won't be upset. Sounds good. Are you ready to start? I am ready to start. I am ready to start and you are ready to start. So let's start in three, two, one. Who plays the title role as Selena Meyer in the Armando Iannucci TV series Veep? Um... Oh my god, it's Elaine. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Correct. The European Organization for Nuclear Research is the site of the world's largest particle collider. What is the common four-letter name for this organization? CERN. Correct. Who in December 2021 succeeded Angela Merkel as Chancellor of Germany? Uh, Schultz. Correct. In 1967, the 1967 song Happy Together is the best known of what band that shares its name with the Testudines Order of Reptiles? Uh, the Turtles? Correct. At the 2009 Stanley Cup Finals, who became the youngest captain in NHL history to win a Stanley Cup? Crosby? Correct. What classic cocktail is made of one part gym, one part vermouth, and one part Campari? Uh, Old-fashioned? Negroni. Oh, what nine letter word? Ref- yes. Uh, what nine-letter word refers to an arena for track cycling? A velodrome? Correct. Until 1954, a grouping of French colonial territories comprising Cambodia, Laos, and some parts of China and Vietnam were collectively referred to as French what? French... Uh, French Polynesia. French Indochina. Mm. The landmark of the night... The landmark of the 1893 Columbian Exposition in Chicago is what amusement ride capable of carrying multiple passengers in multiple cars kept upright by gravity? Ferris wheel? Correct. Which impressionist painter is known for works including The Dance Class, Dancers, and The 14-Year-Old Dancer? Oh my, it's so... Uh, I'm gonna reluctantly pass. Edgar Degas. In musical notation, the dynamic indication for very loud is FF, which stands for what word? Fortissimo. Correct. Hyperbolic par- paraboloid describes the shape of what potato chips for what... The potato chips Pringles. for what brand? Correct. What three words are used in graduation ceremonies to convey with the highest praise? Uh, summa cum laude. Correct. In 2017, Twitter doubled the character count restriction on tweets, meaning tweets can now be how many characters long? 280. Correct. And finally, for what 1989 film did Daniel Day-Lewis win an Academy Award for his portrayal of a writer and artist who could only control one part of his body? Uh, I have no idea. That would be my left foot. Get out of town i can't believe you've done this to me (laughs) give me a second to tally these up and we'll get into it 
Okay, Bonesaw, the score is in, and you may have a record-setting 12 of 15 correct answers in this week's episode. Wow, and somehow I still feel bad about it because of my left foot. <laughs> Let's start there. So for the, for listeners who maybe this may be your first episode you're listening to, um, Bonesaw has been saying my left foot as his go-to musical answer. And I never thought that My Left Foot was ever a musical. I always knew that it was a 1989 film where Daniel Day-Lewis won an Academy Award for his portrayal of a writer and artist who could only control one part of his body. Um, but I thought maybe it was a musical. Um, and eventually I just looked it up and no, that's not a musical. So it wasn't a really good go-to musical guess at all. So now yeah, you know. So now you know. For, for the record on that one, um, I thought it was a musical and you've told me maybe 30 times that it's not a musical. <laughs> um, and I continue to answer it as a musical. And... I also didn't know what the movie was about. Like, you think I could have just Googled it and went on the Wikipedia page or something to at least know what the just answer was out, about. Yeah. And I just didn't do that. So I just kept saying it. <laughs> oh, man. So um, you can now have 280 characters in a tweet. But I just want to go back and accurize that. Accurize is a word only used in firearms. So I'll just be more accurate. Um, in what they call the CJK languages, that being the Chinese's, the Japanese's, and the Koreans, um, the new limit would see each glyph representing two characters. So for in English, each glyph is one character. It's 280. Um, in the CJK languages, a glyph is typically two characters. So for them, they didn't see a character limit increase, which is just kind of interesting. Mm, that is interesting. Um, that said, those languages tend to have be way more information dense, like a tweet of 140 Chinese glyphs is going to convey way more information probably than you can in English in 280 characters. Just part of the language challenge accepted <laughs> so hyperbolic paraboloid what did you just always know that that was what a pringle chip looks like no but i mean pringles are the only brand of chips that have a distinct shape and if you look at like the saddle shape of them I, c- right. I can see how a hyperbolic or a hyperbola would fit in there Right. So I just want to go on a little thing about Pringles, which is so funny. So Pringles, the chip is fine. Uh, they're extremely crispy, not crunchy enough for my liking, but they're fine. Um, and the, tu- the obviously the tube is way too small for any like adult hand to fit in there, which is ridiculous, but I will go on. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration ruled in 1975 that the company could only use the word chip in their name if it appeared within this phrase, potato chips made from dried potatoes. Because they were made of potato starch that was uh, dehydrated and then rehydrated with other ingredients. So I think it's at only 42% potato. So it, they weren't allowed to be called potato chips unless it was potato chips made from dried potatoes. Obviously, that wasn't going to fly because as a slogan, that sucks. So they changed their product name to Crisp. So on the label, it said Crisp. And in, 2000, in 2008, the company argued in London that they were not crisps. And for those unaware, crisp means potato chip in England and other like those countries, I guess. Um, so even though they call themselves crisps, crisps in America, in London, they argued these are not crisps. They are only 42% potato. And this shape, the hyperbolic paraboloid, you would not find in nature. So you cannot call this a crisp. And the whole reason they were doing this is they were trying to avoid the value added tax that was being put on potato crisps. And they said... We are not crisps, so we cannot have that tax added to our products. <laughs> um, they were successful in court, and then next, the year after, the decision was reversed, and they just paid all their taxes without any like begrudging attitude at all. <laughs> oh, I mean, I bet they begrudged it, but they did pay it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Edgar Degas, what happened? Yeah, um, so I remember we did a little art trivia. This will be many, many moons ago now, and I asked you about a painter that 
did some of these paintings about this dancer and that dancer, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, well, it's clearly Degas because anything to do with the dancer from that era is always Degas. And I was like, oh, good. I should remember that. And I just absolutely didn't remember which artist it was. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty disappointing, actually. Um, So I think 2009, you were pretty into hockey at the time. So uh, did you watch the Stanley Cup finals 2009? Uh, For sure. I've watched. I, yeah, I've probably watched the Stanley Cup finals every year. Okay, it's a big enough event that you, few, you make yeah. the... Yeah, gotcha. yeah, even if I didn't necessarily follow hockey that season too closely, I probably would watch the final. So you knew that it was Sidney Crosby who captained which team? The Penguinos. And who did they defeat? Um, Probably the Blackhawks in that era. Uh, so it was the Red Wings. Okay, um, yeah. Which is interesting because the previous Stanley Cup finals was also a Red Wings-Penguins uh, face-off, except the Penguins lost that year. Um, and there's an interesting piece about the 2009 Stanley Cup Finals, um, or the 2009 Stanley Cup competition, whatever you guys call it, the Conn Smythe Trophy. Am I saying mm-hmm. that right? Yep. Um, Evgeny Malkin would win it for the first time, becoming the first Russian to win that trophy. Interesting. So I think in that era, there was a player on the Red Wings. His name is Marion Hosa, and he lost the Stanley Cup the following year. He was traded to... Pittsburgh. I probably had that backwards. The following year, he went from the losing Stanley Cup team. He got traded to the team that would go on to lose the Stanley Cup twice in a row. So he's, I think, the only player um, to lose the Stanley Cup three years in a row. Probably have to fact check that, <laughs> but it's like he had a really bad string of years there. Oh, that's funny. Um, and I guess the last point thing I'll say is, uh, do you know what CERN stands for? Uh, I do not actually. That's the Conseil Européen pour la Recherche Nucléaire. That's the European Council for Nuclear Research. Um, It's the largest and highest energy particle collider is known as the LHC. Can you figure out what the LHC is? The Large Hadron Collider. Not at all creative, but yes, that's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, what did you want to call them? The Super Mega Atom Smasher? That'd be cool. I don't know. That's right. The S-M-A-S uh maybe have to edit that i'll have to look up maybe that means something in some community um <laughs> <laughs> classic um yeah. awesome yeah that was an excellent performance uh can't wait to be can't wait to wield the anchor is that what we're saying be saddled with the, the anchor. hammer yeah wield the hammer no yeah you're right uh, i will be the anchor because i'll go last but i will wield the hammer going last that's right yeah so um much <laughs> like sports uh, metaphors yeah Exactly, yeah. Much like me uh, practicing to be on your partner's curling team next season, we can uh, get the the hammer etymology right. And that's something we might have to keep in mind a lot more curling stuff for a potential future project. Who knows? That's right. And just one more thing before we wrap this episode up, because you did the very same to me a couple of months ago. Happy birthday, Oda Tettle. You turned 30 on Friday. That's right. Just recently turned 30. And in my heart of hearts, I felt like I was always 30. So I'm just looking forward to 31. Another prime number, kind of get myself settled. It's kind of strange being on the, you know, multiple of 10, even number, many divisors. It's just a little strange. So looking True. forward to 31. Although your <laughs> aliquot sum is. Yes. Tell, tell the people what an aliquot sum is. And thank you. So uh, for the, okay, the real context here, people, is that my birthday present for many friends is to just learn a fact about uh, the number of the age that I'm turning. So last year was 29, a great prime number. Um, obviously, this year is 30. And an aliquot sum uh, was the aliquot sum of my number is 42. So what is the aliquot sum? 
That would be the sum of all of the divisors of a number, excluding that number itself. So for 30, that is 1, 2, 3, 5, 6, and 15. They all divide evenly into 30. And the sum of those numbers is 42, which is Douglas Adams' famous answer to everything in the universe and all that stuff. Which is wonderful. It's just a perfect gift, so thank you. Alrighty. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any comments, questions, trivia categories you'd like us to explore, or mini games that we can play, we can be reached at 2dtpodcast at gmail.com. That's 2, the number 2ddtpodcast at gmail.com. See you next time. Bye.